Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Tuesday, and welcome to another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast with, yes, you've guessed it, old, well, not old, just me, Andy Goldstein. And we start the podcast on breakfast where Alan Brazil was joined by the former Rangers striker Ali McCoist and the Premier League 100 club member Darren Bent. And this is their guest, Gabby Agbonlahor, the Aston Villa legend responding to Graham Souness' comments on Villa Park's grass being too long after Liverpool's 7-2 defeat on Sunday. I mean, have you ever heard such nonsense? Villa are doing what Villa want to do. They're not looking at anyone else. They've got their players in there. They've got a side, a squad, who can put it on anyone in the Premier League. You have to give Villa the respect for last night and what they did and not Liverpool defending. I mean, Graham Souness' comment was absolutely ridiculous about the length of the grass. I mean, what's next? The floodlights are too bright. <laughs> give away the first goal because the floodlights are in his eyes. Aston Villa 2, Liverpool nil, and with his second of the game and his second Premier League goal, Ollie Watkins really played a lovely ball through. Watkins pace got him in behind but he cut inside top right hand corner fabulous goal Liverpool fans who work in punditry will say oh it was poor defending no it wasn't it was outstanding attack play from Aston Villa outstanding midfield play from Aston Villa outstanding defence and goalkeeper for Aston Villa and I mean this team they're not scared of anyone now, this is two for the price of one with Adrian Durham on drive and the former Reds midfielder Danny Murphy from the White and Jordan show. They both thought the scoreline on Sunday at Villa Park was a result of complacency from Liverpool. It was the first time I can say in a long, long time there was a lethargy about Liverpool's play. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know what they've done in the week necessarily, if any different. I think they're never, ever as good defensively when Henderson doesn't play. That's for sure. They're always a bit more vulnerable. But this ain't just about Henderson. There was a complacency, and it's probably set in a little bit from the opening day when they played Leeds, really. And even second half for 20 minutes against Arsenal, they took their foot off the gas a little bit. I'm not sure where this extra 10 or 15 yards they're trying to get has come from, that idea, because they don't need to. There's nothing wrong with having a high line when there's pressure on the ball. As soon as there's no pressure on the ball, you have to drop. You have to run. You don't step out. You go with runners. And there, there was a laziness about the defending, just trying to catch players offside, and it, was, it, it kept happening. It was, it was bizarre. Aston Villa 4, Liverpool 1. Ollie Watkins with his hat-trick goal. Brilliant ball. Space. Everybody stood still in Liverpool's defence, but driven across, and there was the head of Watkins to smash it into the back of the net. Absolutely brilliant. I don't think they'd done their homework on a player like Ollie Watkins. I actually don't think Liverpool did too much homework on Grealish. And I think what happened, the arrogance thing, I think you're right. And this is a Liverpool fan saying this. 
Ricky, Liverpool fan, who's just called in, calling Liverpool arrogant, accusing them of arrogance. They thought they'd reinvented football last couple of seasons, Liverpool, but they haven't. It's just a different way of playing. It's very effective and very good. And some of the fans elevated Jurgen Klopp to the status of a Shankly or a Paisley. And they went way beyond what was actually going on. They've had a couple of brilliant seasons where they've won the Champions League and they won the Premier League. And I think they've all got ahead of themselves and thought they're building this dynasty that's going to last for decades. And they've just got walloped and brought right back down to earth. And don't forget that on Saturday, the 17th of October, Everton against Liverpool is live and exclusive to TalkSport. That's a, a half past 12 kickoff. Now, this is Hawksby and Jacobs and their guest, comedian Justin Morehouse, going on a bit of a rant during deadline day about his club, Manchester United, and their lack of transfer activity as the window closed last night. Of course, add on to that the 6-1 defeat to Spurs on Sunday. I love Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and I think that the dream would be that if he could get this together and he could put together a run and we could bring some players in, then to have one of your most beloved sons turn the club around would be any any fan of any club's dream. Sure. However, if I'm being practical and honest, the manager of Manchester United should be somebody that could easily be the manager of Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Liverpool, even Everton. You couldn't see Ole going anywhere else, could you, in the Premier League? Yes. You couldn't see any of the club coming in for him. Its transfer policy is ridiculous. It's yeah. unbelievable. And it's almost like a joke. And we can kid ourselves that some white knight's going to come in and buy the club and, and pour billions in. It's not going to happen because the people who own the, cl- the football club are not interested in winning trophies. They're interested in making money. And I don't hate them for that. I just hate the fact that they own my club. They're, they're business people who have no interest in Manchester United. Their interest is finishing top four, Champions League money, commercial side keep doing well, and we go on and we go on and we go on. And when we've got that level of ambition, I'm afraid unless we get a bunch of players that miraculously improve overnight or we get a different manager or whatever, it's never going to change. We have to accept that at the moment. De Gea just holds his hands aloft as if to say, where was the defence then? United caught napping after getting that brilliant breakthrough with Bruno Fernandes' goal. But this was, well, all at sea. The ball pinging around the defence, not being dealt with. Maguire and Baye all over the shop. Shaw was in there at the end. You have to say, Bruno Fernandes was a brilliant signing. and He didn't play well a yesterday. Brilliant signing, and, but, I mean, it would be a much better signing if he was six foot five and played centre-half, wouldn't he? Because... <laughs> You know, we keep buying the wrong players and we, you know, we're about, if Smalling goes to Roma, then what are we doing? Chris Smalling, uh, you mentioned it just before the ad break there. Uh, Finally, uh, this deal that was on, then it was off and now it's on again. A fee agreed between Manchester United and Roma, £13.5 million up front. Now on Drive, there was breaking news of a Manchester United signing, but that didn't stop Adrian Durham questioning why United haven't been linked with buying West Ham's Declan Rice. Oh, man. I mean, this is a proper footballer. And at West Ham United, he's showing this, despite the fact the fans don't like the board, the fans aren't necessarily convinced about the manager, the fans aren't convinced about the team. There's all sorts of dynamics going on at West Ham United that could trip up a young player. And Declan Rice is not affected by any of it. So let's applaud a really fantastic young footballer. And I'm surprised. In fact, I'm amazed that Man United haven't gone all out to get him. In this window, the last window, before that as well, I'm absolutely stunned because you, as you rightly point mm. out, he is ready-made. 
And it's now just been confirmed that Manchester United have completed the signing of Alex Telles, uh, the left back So uh, from FC Porto. So they've got a player in the building and it actually fits a position where they need quality. So... Mm. What happens to Luke Shaw, though, now? Could be sitting on the bench. Uh, Luke Shaw is 25, Tellers is 27, um, so he's experienced. So I think he goes straight in, ready-made for the Manchester United first team. Now, the FA is investigating Tammy Abraham, Ben Chilwell and Jaden Sancho after they were pictured attending a party in breach of coronavirus regulations. This was the reaction to the incident on the press box with Danny Kelly, Ollie Holt and the son, Sean Custis. you get these pockets of um you know an outbreak of of 15 or 20 infections um within one club and i think that's that's one of the things that that we really have to guard against and why southgate has to, has to take this seriously there's a societal thing but there's there's also the prospect of players who do this put the whole fixture or series of fixtures in this case um in jeopardy um you know if those those um the players who went to that party contract covid which they may or may not have done and then take it into the england squad suddenly suddenly there's absolute chaos um not to mention the danger of course that they they are causing to others so i think southgate is really left with very little choice about those three players and certainly the wales game you're listening to talk sport daily and don't forget, England against Wales is live on Thursday evening on TalkSport. And of course, straight after that, you can have your say on my show, Andy Goldstein Sports Bar, Monday to Thursday from 10pm. Now, the weekend breakfast, you may recall, Tony Cascarino said this about Wilfred Zahar after Crystal Palace's 4-0 defeat to Chelsea. Cass Audio. Oh, sorry, that's a, a note to our producer, who should press the button for Cass's audio round about... Na- Zaha's performance was very worrying yeah. for Crystal Palace. He just seemed disinterested totally. Yesterday, it was like a player that was come to terms with that that move isn't going to happen and felt a bit sorry for himself. Well, would you believe it? This is Simon Jordan and Danny Murphy defending Zaha on the White and Jordan show. I mean, he, he worked as hard as anyone. They were starved of the ball because we were playing against a dominant Chelsea side. They set up defensively because they were up against a better side. And for half a game, did all right. They didn't counter very well. They didn't give the ball. They didn't play as well as they did at Man United. But it certainly wasn't a lack of application from Zaha. And let's not forget, he was up against Thiago Silva and had a battle with him. But yeah, he, he, yeah. He, he was battling on his own a lot of the time. So to suggest that that performance by Zaha was him throwing his toys out the pram. That well, was too easy an option. I don't like that. That's, that's not right. fair. Jorginho is about to take his second penalty of the match. He runs up to the ball, strokes it into the same corner with the same hop, skip and a jump into the execution. And they are skipping away with all three points against Crystal Palace. I thought Palace were really, really poor on Saturday. And they allowed Chelsea to do what they did. They, and, and I don't know why people aren't calling out Mamadou Sakho because three mistakes cost three goals, whether it's the non-clearance, the penalty, or the inability to jump with Kurt Zuma. You take Zakho out, you probably don't give away three goals there. And you look at that and say, you know, how does Wilfred Zaha become the centre of an abject, at times, Crystal Palace performance? Chelsea, for the first 28, 29 minutes of that game, had 82% possession. Quite frankly, if I'm Wilfred Zaha, I'd be sitting there going, Roy, why, why are we set up? this way how am I supposed to play why am I even playing because ultimately I can't get anywhere near it because of the way we're set up and the way that we're playing Wilfred Zaha 
is not the sort of player. He came from my academy. Uh, you know, I had him there up until the point I left. He was 17, 18 when I left. So he was there from the age of 11. I can't profess to know the kid inside out, but I know enough about him. I know enough people that know him. There is no way, nothing I've seen in Wilfred's game. <laughs> it wasn't two days ago, a week ago, that we were talking about his performance against Man United. Now, Kaz will say, yes, that's because he's angling for a move. Get off. <laughs> Time now to check in with, well, the best show on national radio. That's Andy Goldstein, Sports Bar, Monday to Thursday from 10pm on TalkSport. With me, of course, and Jason Cundy. And with it being deadline day yesterday, the transfer window closed at 11pm during our show. This is how it sounded. White smoke coming out of Old Trafford as well. I understand that Edinson Cavani has completed his move to Manchester United. I think that's a decent signing. I mean, he hasn't played for seven months and, and, you know, we know the type of striker he is and he has played in in the best side in in an average league. So we don't know what what he's going to be like, but I don't think it's a bad signing. No, it strengthens United. I said you need a striker. Igalo for me is not going to be the answer. No, I agree. And and, and that I think is a decent, decent signing. You know, maybe there's not a lot of long term about it, but I think it's a decent sign. But the club itself, United, Jaden Sancho thing's been going on for months. It's boring. And it turned out nothing, nothing, nothing come of it. Nothing. The club itself has since Thralix left, has kind of lurched, doesn't it? It's, it's going. It, it never, never felt real genuine direction from the club. Alex, where are we at? What's happening in the transfer world? We've got thirteen minutes left, or twelve now, actually. Yeah, counting down, isn't it? Um, there ain't no party like a Thomas party. Oh, yeah, okay. But, but forget yeah, S Club yeah. Seven. <laughs> What's happening in the transfer world? I love S Club Seven. Um, Thomas Partey has completed his oh, move to that's Arsenal. A brilliant, that's is a our understanding? Wow. That is a brilliant transfer wow. for Arsenal. Yeah, that 40, really is. Forty-five million pound the release clause. They only triggered it today. I don't think it's even expensive no I think that's cheap can I just oh, say I'm looking at the telly we're breaking that before anyone else just thought yeah. I'd mention that that's what. That's why I say you hear it first on TalkSport no one's got it yet we've got it and, and you get the S Club 7 puns as well you don't get that anywhere else either maybe that's a reason to switch off an announcement of a done deal of a signing and uh, it's down at Southampton and it's an okay. uh, emotional homecoming for Theo Walcott okay. back there on loan from Everton. Really nice story, this. 14 years after he left as a teenager, you may remember he burst onto the scene, went to Arsenal, went to the World Cup as a 16-year-old, didn't kick a ball in anger at that tournament. Plenty of other clubs in for him this morning. Burnley and Crystal Palace had shown some interest. Fulham as well. But he only ever wanted to go back to Southampton, back to where it all started. Jack Wilshire has confirmed that his contract at West Ham has been terminated. In an Instagram post, he says he's been fit for eight months but hasn't been given any opportunities and that he's fit, strong and ready to play. Well, it's been one of the stories of deadline day. Everton's search for a new goalkeeper. They started uh, looking at Paolo Gazaniga at Tottenham, but um, that proved to be too expensive. Then they moved on to Sergio Romero at Manchester United. Couldn't get him out of Old Trafford. So eventually, uh, eventually I should say, their search has led them to Robin Olsen, a Swedish international on loan from Roma. That deal has just been completed on a season-long loan, so he will be there competing with Jordan Pickford for the number one jersey. He had a nightmare um, at Roma. He went on loan to Calgary. Didn't do great there. So, I mean, he's a goalkeeper that's probably lacking in confidence himself, but has done well for the Swedish national team previously. But I don't think he's somebody that goes in and immediately displaces Pickford, even though I mean, Pick Pickford's had his bad moments. We've got a big sound effect, apparently, at the end of this. I've been working hard on it yeah. all week. I don't, yeah, I can't wait for this. So the it probably gets stuck, wouldn't it? The window gets stuck open. <laughs> yeah, and it'll rain, yeah. and we'll all get wet. <laughs> Here we go. So the transfer window is now officially closed. It's a car door. 
That's it, is it? That, that's, that's it. it. That's all you've That's the best you can come up with. Not even a... That's it. A car window going up. That's it. That's the... Wi- absolute shambolic. Shambles. Do you reckon people at Five Live are going, we've got to up our game. Come on, lads. Have you seen what the sports bar are doing? <laughs> Back now to Simon Jordan once more, having another pop at Manchester United and Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. Oh, just give it a rest, Jordan. If you're trying to bridge the gap with elite teams that are not just elite teams in the UK, you're trying to keep up with Madrid, Bayern Munich, you're trying to keep up with Juventus and the Milans of the world and whoever else we want to compare as the elite. How do you do that when you don't take an elite manager? Now, I know there's an argument that says Zidane came in to Real Madrid and how does he get a pass? Perlo is coming in to Juve. But those clubs don't strike me as being in the turmoil that Manchester United are in. Those clubs didn't have one manager in situ for 27 years Those clubs don't have uh, the loss of the executive chairman and the manager and then a rebuild that that the like have probably never been seen in Manchester United since the middle of the 70s. And all of those do not lead you to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer being your salvation. Time to check in again with Breakfast and Alan Brazil and Bente discussing Eric Lamella's antics at the weekend, resulting in Tony Martial getting sent off. The way Lamella went down is embarrassing. Isn't it? Absolutely embarrassing. Like, I, I know full well, yes, of course, you raise your hands, you run that risk of getting sent off, but for me, they both should have been sent off or, or neither of them go. Yeah. But the way Lamella went down, honestly, is, it's shocking. And when he looks back at it, that, he's going to be embarrassed with himself because you don't go down like that. It wasn't even a, a punch. No. It was kind of just like a push. Oh, and for you to grab your face and roll around on the floor, I mean, it's pathetic. Lamella and Martial, a little bit of, well, basically hands on each other. Lamella has raised his hand to Martial first, who's then responded and touched Lamella uh, somewhere around the face or below the neck. And Lamella has gone down quite theatrically. Anthony Taylor's gone over, shown red. An absolutely ridiculous scene, really. The Lamella incident. Um, yeah. I, I'm bothered. See, see, Lamella's the type of player, Ali, where... When he's when he's on song, Lamella, he's, he's, he's you know he's got some ability when he's on song, but he's one of them narky guys. He does it. He does it so many times. Not just falls. He he goes down too easy. He's always involved in little tugging and yeah. people's faces. And when he went down like that, I just thought to myself, oh, someone, you know, I, I swear, I thought, just pick him up and give him a slap if you like. I think some of the hard Tottenham players, you know, Graham Roberts. And, oh, could you imagine? You know, Stevie like Perriman and, boys and Maxie and you're dead right. You know, some of the old, you know, Dave Mackay people. Oh. You, know, you know what I mean? Oh. Uh, it's just shocking. I don't like to end away from Tottenham's win, so I've said my bit now. That's it. Thanks for listening to another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily Podcast. You can, of course, listen to us on the TalkSport app. Or, of course, we're still available on Apple Pods, Spotify and Acast, or wherever you get your Poddingtons from. But if you do add the TalkSport app to your phone, you can listen to all the podcasts, plus your favourite radio shows as well, which, of course, will be just mine. Now, before we go, a reminder that you can hear live commentary exclusive to TalkSport 2 tonight from 7.45, a Southend take on Portsmouth. That's it, I'm afraid, for another podcasty thing. I'm back tonight with another Andy Goldstein Sports Bar, Monday, Thursday from 10pm, alongside Jason Cundy. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcasts out first thing in the morning, so do what you have to do to get it for free as well. Let's not forget that, it's free. Until then, have a great day. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. 
The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk.